Guys, again, my name is Casey, one of the uh, pastors here at uh, New City Church. Welcome, everybody. Good to see you guys here this morning. As you guys know, we are going through what's called the story. Uh, today, we're going to go through the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are, are just in, Acts, or, or in, in uh, Exodus 19 and 20. Um, we're kind of going to go through that. We're going to go through chapter 5 of what's called the story. The story is an abridged version of the Bible, and it, it's, it's written in chronological order. So, it, so what it does is it helps people to understand the, where the puzzles fit a lot of times. Sometimes we read Genesis, and then Exodus, and then Leviticus, and then, you know, and then we go on and on and on. And then sometimes you get into the prophets, you get into the different things, you start going, well, how does it all fit together? And what it helps us to do is to see that, that there's this great upper story, upper plan of God, and that we're living in the lower story here on earth, and that God wants us desperately to live like him and live the way he wants us to. So what sin is, is that he's here living the way he sees the plan of his plan and his story, and when we go away from that and live our story the way in opposite direction of what God does. And so what we are trying to do is help ourselves to align what God is doing in his upper plan, upper story, so that we can more 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 effectively obey him and understand him and so what we're doing now is to looking at the bible from from how to how do we look at it from from genesis to revelation and how do we understand it a little bit more so that we can obey god does that make sense so what we're doing is not just uh, going through a series, if you will. We are trying desperately for us, especially as a new church and new believers, to see history, to see government, to see marriage, to see family, to see the society, to see all those different things, creation, the way God sees it. And we want to see from, from the beginning of, of, of the Bible, we want to see how Jesus is, is just part of the whole thing. Like it's like from beginning to, in Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. And so we can kind of get a, get a glimpse of that if we start looking at it from that lens. And if you start reading the Bible and start looking at the scriptures that way, man, it'll start blowing your mind. So what we want you to help you help everybody to do it, and we really encourage everybody to get the, get the storybook. We do have a few left. I think I looked in the box, there's like four left, you know, so we've gone through two cases. I, actually, I think three cases of it right now, and it's a great thing. It's, it's called the story. Uh, it is it is excerpts of the scriptures from Genesis, and it infuses kind of like in chronological order. And uh, we want you to do that first. Start reading the reading the story. We're not too late. We're only on chapter five, and there are thirty one chapters, and we're going to go through basically this for a year. We'll take a couple breaks in between for different reasons. Um, then the second thing we want you to do is come hear the messages on Sunday morning. And if you can't come hear the messages on Sunday morning uh, for whatever reason, uh, you can look at the pot. You can listen to the podcast on online at newcitychurch.com story groups we have on monday night starting at there they, they start at seven o'clock uh it's never too late to go you can start start in the middle of one even though we're kind of going through the first air, first uh, section of the story called the story begins uh it's never too late to get into one some of us have plopped right into the middle of what, what we're doing i said man it's blowing my mind and then they go back and they look they, they they catch back up it's really cool fourth thing we want you to do I just want you to take a family night and discuss this with your family, what we're learning. See, because we're going to be talking about the Ten Commandments, and, and we all know about the Ten Commandments and stuff. And so this is a great opportunity this week to say, hey, man, what did you learn this week? What's kind of going on? Because you guys know, I mean, I'm like a weirdo when it comes to, to, to what God says, to, how to teach. You guys know this, right? You figure this out. Yeah, you figure this out, right? You guys are like, what do you mean, yeah? No, he's supposed to be nice. That's 
weird? Yeah, it's true. I mean, because I, I look at the scriptures and I go, hey, man, I think I'm like, like seeing this a little bit differently. And I'll teach you. People go, oh, I don't know about that. They have to digest it and stuff. But I want you to discuss it with a family. With a family. For several reasons, because we want to say, hey, did you hear what I heard? And that kind of thing, does that, is that, is that kind of make sense? So also, and finally, we want you to share this new understanding that you're having of God and what he's doing in your life. We want you to share that with others and bring more people into the kingdom. See, because we're going through things like creation, right, so far. We've, we've studied the creation account of Scripture. And you guys know I struggle a little bit even calling the book that we're going through a, the, the story. Because I, I said, this is, these are not, it's a true story, right? But sometimes people hear the story and they think this is a fiction story with characters, a bedtime story or whatever. And so I struggle with it a little bit just, for, just from the story because I've always said this is not a story. These are genuine accounts of what really happened when God made the earth, when, he, when the flood happened. And these are real people that lived and real people that did things like Noah. And then we studied about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, right? So remember, guys, all this kind of stuff. And we, last week, we kind of do- dove into Moses and how he was brought into the world in such, such dire circumstances that he essentially grew up with no peers at all because all his fellow Hebrew brothers, if you will, were killed in, the Egypt, in, in, in Egypt at the time. And so miraculously, God brought him out and had him lead. And what we talked about last week was that it takes great followers to be great leaders in spiritual matters. See, some people born naturally, naturally born leaders. And, I, and man, in Scripture, man, and in biblical matters and in spiritual matters, it takes great followers to be great leaders. Amen? Because ultimately what we're doing is following God. See, I told you I was weird. Right? You got, a lot of you shook your heads, yeah. But y'all keep coming back, so I mean, it's your fault. So we're talking about Moses leading his people out of the Egypt, out of Egypt. Possibly between 1.8 and 3 million people come out of Egypt, and they have no official government. They have no official laws. They have no official systems or any place. God says, hey, I want you to take my people out to Moses, and Moses takes the people out of Egypt. And God gives the Ten Commandments to the people and instructs them to build a tabernacle where he can dwell among them. Now, now think about this. He, he actually tells the people, I want you to build me a house or a tent or whatever you want, a tabernacle, and I will come and dwell among you at that time. This is an Old Testament time. And so the interesting thing about this, this is exactly what Jesus did. If you read John 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and that Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Actually, the original word is that He made His tabernacling. He tabernacled with us. This is exactly the same thing Jesus did as what God did in the Old Testament. The, God, the, the triune nature, which I don't want to get into too much. Man, this is like, whoo, this is crazy stuff, right? But before God could come down, he had to establish order and structure, a place for him to live, sacrificial system of atonement for his people. Because God, and if you're filling out your bulletins, man, check this out. God wants, doesn't have to be, but God wants to be with his people. Man, does that blow anybody else's mind? Because a lot of us look at God way up here. And yet, from the very beginning in, in, in Genesis and Exodus, he is like, whoosh, come down with us, man. Like, he doesn't have to have anything. God doesn't need us at all. Doesn't, 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 there's nothing we can do for him that would sustain him in any way. If, he wa- if that was tr- the truth, he wouldn't be a God worth worshiping. But, but he wants to.
to be with his people. And this is exactly what Jesus did, that he made his dwelling with us. See how it all ties in together. It's all the same message. It's the same system, the same order. And so if you read in the story, God gives his people, and a lot of times people think, is that me? Huh? All right, cool, we're good. All right. Where was I? You guys know I got like get distracted and stuff like that. I mean, all the chairs got to be straight, the fans got to be going. To, oh, not that one. Uh oh. Uh-oh. I don't know if I can preach the rest of the day. Just kidding. Don't look. Somebody fix that for me now? No. God gives us the Ten Commandments. Gives Moses the Ten Commandments. What a lot of people don't realize. If you read the, if you looked at the 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 movie and everything, you go up on the mountain. Like Moses goes up on the mountain, gets the Ten Commandments, comes back down, and gives it to his people, right? What was actually happening was that God was giving the Ten Commandments and all the people could hear it while he was giving it to him. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of us today have real political issues with the Ten Commandments. But let me ask you guys a question. I'm going to have a show of hands. How many people here are upset that the Ten Commandments get taken out of the courtrooms and the public squares and that kind of thing? How many people are upset about that? Man, probably the majority of here Christians and things like that. Some people are like, yeah, I think I'm upset. Okay, cool. Uh, how many, I mean, let's just show, show of hands. How many people, um, when, I mean, posted something on Facebook, discussed it with a friend, uh, privately, publicly, or anything like that, when things like that happen, like, oh, man, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. We don't, can't even have the, everybody took prayer out of schools now. We can't even have the Ten Commandments up. How many people are just like, hate that. Hate that we did all that. There were a lot more hands before. That's weird. Should be more hands, I would think, because I actually did that in a. Is that is that right? How many people do not like the fact that they took the Ten Commandments out of public squares? Raise your hands, please. Okay, thank you. All right, just checking, just checking, because this is a great illustration, I think. So, those of you who are upset about this, I want you to turn to the person on your left. You people in the middle here are lucky, and you guys on the end over here are lucky. You got no one on your left, and I want you to tell the person on your left the Ten Commandments. Ah, uh, 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 I think it says something about not murdering. Uh, I think it says something. All right, so, all right, some of you guys got it. Most of you guys are like, uh, don't, don't lie, don't kill. Oh, what's the next one? It's all right. I need a gavel. Order, order, order. I'm going, to, I'm going to teach you guys something here, this, and, I, and I love this. I'm learning this too, but I found this online, and it's kind of a cool deal. So we're going to learn the Ten Commandments together, then we're going to get into quite a bit of Scripture, all right? So I want everybody to repeat after me, all right? Number one, first, script, first one, love God with all your heart. Bowing to idols is not smart. I love, I love this family, man. Golly. Don't say God's name in angry ways. Rest on the Sabbath. Work for six days. Honor your mom and your dad. Killing people, Killing people makes God sad. Everybody laughs on that one. I don't know why. We were cracking up this morning at the, at the, at the pre-service. Keep your husband or your wife. All the days of your life. 
Don't take things that don't belong to you. Don't say things that are not true. When you go into your neighbor's home, don't start wishing it was your own. All right, let's do that one more time. Not bad, right? We're good? All right, let's try that one more time. And you like that? I should probably do that, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'll, we'll post it on Facebook and you guys can grab it. Is that cool? Uh, by the way, by the way, what's that? Yeah, true. Uh, can I have it for you next week? Or oh, we can make copies for you. Anybody wants my notes can have it. All right. No, nah, thank you. That's absolutely right. Actually, there's so much scripture we're going to go through, I, I just couldn't fit it all in. So, so I was like, sorry about that. No, good call, man. I should have had it. Ah. I did have the real Ten Commandments in there, though, did I not? Okay, cool. Got it. Let's try that one more time, though. Love God with all... See, I love this. Isn't this a fun church? It's a fun church, man. Love God with all your heart. Bowing to idols is not smart. Don't say God's name in angry ways. Rest on the Sabbath. Work for six days. Honor your mom and your dad. Killing people makes God sad. Keep your husband or your wife. I hear somebody say, keep your husband and your wife. I don't think even the Supreme Court would approve that. Zing! All right. Keep your husband or your wife. All the days of your life. Don't take things that don't belong to you. Don't say things that are not true. When you go into your neighbor's home, don't start wishing it was your own. All right. Good job, everybody. Good job. Good job. So let's get into the scriptures here, man. The, 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 my favorite part of all the messages that we ever do. The scriptures are God's word from beginning to end. They are the inerrant, inspired, absolute truth of God. And in Exodus 19, 1 through 19, after going through all this and having led, after about, just probably about six weeks into them being in the wilderness, he's led, Moses has led his people out of Egypt. And it says, on the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt. Now, they left Egypt in the middle of the first month on the calendar. They are now on the first day of the third month, which is about six weeks away is why I said that. Very important for us. These are true accounts of history. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim? Anybody know how to say that? They fasting confidently. Everybody know what I think I'm talking about, right? Rephidim. Where was I? They entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. When Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, that you, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt, and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to who? Myself, right? Now, if you, listen, if, everybody say if. if. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites, right? 
So interestingly enough, he says, you are going to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, wrote this in 1 Peter. He said, uh, be up here, 1 Peter 2, he said, are you, but you are a chosen people. And he's talking to us in New, New Testament time, the, the New Testament church. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who are called out of who called you out of darkness into his wonderful what? Light. So it's interesting. I love that no longer slave song where he talks about your blood runs through my veins, right? This is, a, this is, a, this is an incredible thing where God's children, just like he was talking to the people there, he goes, if you obey me, man, you are going to be set apart. You're going to be holy. You're going to be priestly. You're going to be all those things. Verse 7 in Exodus 19. So Moses, continued, Moses went back and summoned the elders of the, of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded them to speak. The people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The Lord says to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud. Listen to this. This is wild. So that people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then, when, then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Going down to verse 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. When Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from, the, from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. And guys, this is an important piece of when we talked about leadership last week, is that our leaders in the church must be speaking to God. They must be getting directions from God, not man. And I mean, if God directs us to, to take advice and counsel from men, that's the way. But ultimately, what we have to do as leaders in the church is be speaking to God. Well, one of the reasons why we have to have people going through, I mean, genuine, true disciples that lead anything in our church. There's too many times, too many disasters that have happened in churches by someone who has worldly skills and they, we, we put them in a particular function. And it's just, it, they have no spiritual backing. And you catch what I'm saying on that, amen? And it's important for us to do this. That's why we talked about it last week. But there is an interesting thing. You know, notice what it said, that Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in what? Fire. Guys, I want to show you, there's a, there's a YouTube video I want to point you guys to. It's called The Search for Mount Sinai. It's called the, the I think, it's Mountain of Fire. If you look up Bob Cornucchi and Larry Williams, I think that's in your bulletin there. But I want to show you something that they found. Uh, by the way, Mount Sinai, right, the traditional Mount Sinai is in Egypt. That, anybody have a problem with that? Why do we have a problem with that? I love answers. I'm a teacher. You know, I love answers. Why do we have a problem with that? What's that? Yeah, they left Egypt, right? So all this tourist attraction that everybody goes into Egypt to the traditional Mount Sinai to find out where the Israelites were and where Moses went up on the mountain and everything like that is in Egypt. If we read our scripture, we'll know pretty easily. I mean, it's amazing how many people, how many thousands of people go visit Mount Sinai haven't even read the scriptures. Why would you go all the way across, across the world to see something where 
All this stuff happened, you have no idea about what the scriptures actually say. It's, it's an incredible thing to me. Well, these guys, Bob Cornuke, Bob Cornuke and, and Larry Williams, uh, basically took the Bible, and many people have done this. They've taken the Bible, and they used it as a, basically a guide, and they, they, they looked, and they found where they think is Mount Sinai. And it's a, it's a place called Jabal Allah. It's, it's in Saudi Arabia, outside of Egypt, right in the line where, where the Exodus routes have taken. And if you notice at the top of this mountain, it looks like a cloud shadow is, has has covered it it's burnt they actually went up on the mountain the interesting thing you know the, the traditional mount sinai in egypt is barrack is uh like it's a tourist attraction they people go in and, and but this is an area that's barricaded by barbed wire and patrolled by the military and they went up and they found areas where there's this big plain uh where they look like where thousands of people could have camped where they had animal sacrifices in areas, 12 pillars, and like it was in the scriptures. And they actually traveled up to the top of this mountain. And if you watch the video on YouTube, it's a fascinating thing. But they actually said, well, maybe it's a volcanic thing. But they took one of the rocks, broke it open, and it wasn't burned on the inside, just scorched on the outside. It's really a remarkable thing. I'm not saying that's definitely Mount Sinai. I'm just saying it kind of looked like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's no other mountain around there. That has this burnt top. Kind of fascinating. These events outlined in Exodus are true accounts of history. They're not cute stories. They are true stories. Amen? Amen. Matthew um, 22, 34-40, before we really get into the Ten Commandments, I love what Jesus had to say. Because I love what Jesus did for us, man. He simplified things for us. He didn't make it easy for us, but he simplified things for us. And in Matthew 22, 32, 34 through 40, he is toe-to-toe again with the religious people, the people that think they knew what God meant, and it was about all rules and all this and all that. And Jesus, in verse 34, is an account that just blows my mind. He says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is what? Like it, the meaning in the, in the original language, meaning these two go hand in hand. The second one is essentially the same. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, how much of the law? Some of the law, most of the law? All the law and the prophets Hang on these two commandments. So basically what he's telling us, if we love God with everything we have and we love our neighbor as ourselves, then we are in obedience to all the law. There is no law against any, about loving God, against loving God or loving other people. So let's get into the scriptures of Exodus 20, 1 through 17. The story pages 61 through 62. And, and, and let's look at, the, look at the Ten Commandments, which we've already learned, right? And it says in verse... One, and God spoke all these words. Keep in mind, all the people could hear it at the time. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Love God or love other people is that first one. Love God, right, right. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth or beneath or in the waters below. Right? It's loving God, right? 
starting to see a pattern here. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a what? Jealous God. I thought, I thought the Bible said you ain't supposed to be jealous. Not like God is going, man, I wish you guys liked me better than them idols and stuff. What would I do to you guys? It's not like that, right? Man, it's, seriously, it's about God who, if so, this is, a, this is a, a reflection of the, of the marriage covenant. This is a reflection of who God is when he says, I'm jealous. Like when, if, if a spouse has an adulterous affair with someone else, it's that kind of jealousy, that kind of grief, that kind of, it's not a, like, golly, I wish you guys liked me better, man. It's just like that, that hurt, that betrayal. I'm a jealous God. Yeah. Push, punishing the children for the sin of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And I love the naysayers that take that one scripture out of verse. Well, he punishes sins for the generations following. That's not very fair. Well, let me ask you guys a question, man. How many people grew up in a dysfunctional home? You don't have to raise your hands or anything. It's kind of, kind of like, my mom's right here. Sorry. Um, but how many people grew up in a dysfunctional home, man? Lots of us, right? And does that affect generation after generation that do that? Abuse, addiction, neglect. Yeah, absolutely it does. But listen to what God says right after that. And it shows us the kind of heart that God has. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. That's a loving God. That the, that the benefits extremely outweigh the punishment for disobedience. It's incredible. Verse 7, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Right? As a, as a man of amen right there. Right? Love God, love others. And this whole misuse of the name is not just saying GD and JC when, some, when you, you know, get, get aggravated. Um, it, it, it's honestly misusing his name for your own benefit. I mean, how many televangelists have done that, right? Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. He's serious about this, right? And I have to confess, this is a sin that I am still trapped in that I do not do on a consistent basis. I, I confess that and I apologize. I ask that you continue to keep me in prayer that, that I will honor this and, and take a Sabbath on a weekly basis. And I ask that you do the same. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Is that loving God or loving other people? Loving God, yeah. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God, land the Lord your God is giving you. Loving others, loving God. Loving others, right. You shall not murder. Loving others, right. You ain't gonna love somebody if you murder, right. You shall not commit adultery. Right, both, yeah, absolutely, good call. You shall not steal. Loving God, loving others, right? You shall not give false testimony against your labors. That's lying. Loving others, loving God. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor, including their Mercedes or their house. And Julia, right? And this whole idea of covenant, it's loving others, right? This whole idea of coveting is not just, man, I wish I... Must be nice to have that car. It must be nice. To, it's a it's a desire to see them not have it and you have it instead, and almost have them punished for having. So we're in a wild man. You start seeing that in our society when you start seeing different things and pe what people are celebrating right now. It's just wild. See, the Ten Commandments reflect the laws of even the most 
remote civilizations. They go into these civilizations and they, that have never seen civilized outside world or anything like that. And it's incredible that their laws and their standards and their rules and eerily reflect the Ten Commandments. It's never a good idea to steal, never a good idea to, to cheat, uh, never a good idea to lie, never a good idea to murder in any of these situations. It's remarkable. Like it's a, there's laws against it. You can put that in your Darwinian pipe and smoke it, right? It's in our hearts because we're created in his image. So what do we do with the Ten Commandments? I'm going to finish up with this, man. We're going to, we're going to kind of just dive in because you know the heartbeat of our discipling process is we don't just look at what the Scriptures say. We look at what the Scriptures say and then we obey them. We do something about it. Jesus said on his very first public ministry sermon, he said in Matthew 5, verse 21, he said, you've heard it said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But, everybody say but. But I tell you, he's establishing his authority from the very first time he publicly speaks. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in, oh, got to go down, oh, whoop. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. That's the guy that says, man, I could kill that guy, right? But I'm not going to do it because I know murder's wrong. Matter of the heart. You've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, even the Pharisees got divorced and remarried more often than pagans did. They had silly reasons for getting divorce decrees, like bushy eyebrows even, and burnt dinners on their... I mean, it's crazy. And so they'd look at lustfully at a woman and say, Ooh, man, look at that, guys. I mean, you know, I'd marry her, but I can't, you know, I would like to get with her, but, you know, I'm already married. I've got to figure out a way to get this decree. And it broke the heart of God. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven and he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. And I use this verses right here for people that are greeting and ushering and parking and even Kids City and anybody that we're all greeters here because listen to this. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Those are the dredges of society in the first century. And if you greet, and this word is called a spot, it's, an, it's a, a Greek word called a spasomai, and it means to sincerely and genuinely want to have even your, the person that you're talking to, to prosper. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. See, guys, Christ is the authority of our lives. And he's the one. He's the one that says and teaches us how to obey. How do we obey these Ten Commandments, man? We do 
what Jesus said to do. See, it's loving others and loving God. It is that simple. I don't ever want to hear anybody say anymore. I don't ever want to hear in this church. I don't want anybody to say that we don't murder because the Bible says not to murder. We, mur- we do not murder because God is life. Right? Catch that? We've got to be thinking in that term. We don't steal or covet, not because the Bible says so, but because God is our provider. And we rest in him. We don't commit adultery in our hearts, in, in, in action. Not because the Bible says so, but because God is faithful. Amen? And we don't lie. Not because the Bible says not to lie. Man, don't ever lie to yourself in that way. But because God is truth. Amen? Guys, we do this the way God sets us to do it. In our hearts. And Christ came to be part of our lower story. So that he could teach us and show us what it really means to love God and love other people. Father, we love you more than we can ever tell you. But probably never enough. And we thank you for your grace, and we thank you for your mercy, we thank you for your love. And God, we thank you for your commands, that they are for not just to show us what it means, but to for good, so that we can know more and more what it means to be closer and closer and closer to you. We thank you for sending your son to simplify things. But at the same time, that means, Lord, that you have trusted us with more. And God, as we uh, talk about these Ten Commandments, man, as we talk about them even after the service today and we go downstairs and eat this, this great food, I've had kind of a glimpse of it already and I might have even tasted a couple of things. But Lord, man, may we have those discussions about And really model what it means to love other people, love one another, and love you. That is the fostering and the the basics of obeying everything. We just want to be in your will, Lord. And Father, we just praise you in absolutely every way. It's in your son's amazing, beautiful, providing truth. His name on the city church says,